Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves for Macca's Juicy Angus Beef and the Lot. Dine in and try the Aussie Angus at Macca's today. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. A very good evening to you. Welcome to the Macca's Run for your Monday after round eight. A massive weekend of sport and footy and heaps to get through. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. The Harcourts open line is always that open. Your move, your Harcourts for all things real estate. Speak to Harcourts. One three hundred. 736-736 is that number to have your say on the news of the day. You can text on the temper text 0433-98-1116. Temper a mattress like no other. And the MyMackers Rewards has arrived. Earn rewards with every Maccas run. Order via the MyMackers app and start earning today. So on a Monday, I'd like to find out from you what you think the biggest story of the weekend is. What's going on the back page is the best story and maybe what's going on the front page uh, as the worst story. And there's a couple of things to get through. Front page, back page. You're always in sport want to only really be back page, don't you? When you're front page, that can often mean that something's gone wrong. Uh, so one three hundred seven three six seven three six. your say on the news of the day. Uh, and a fair bit to get through. Uh, we'll start off uh, with Nathan Buckley's response today to claims of misconduct uh, levelled at him and the Collingwood Football Club by Heredia Lumumba in a dossier that was released uh, in an article written by Mick Warner uh, of the Herald Sun that he believes shows examples of, of further cultural issues at the Pies. Uh, Heredia has walked away from uh, the truth-telling process that was part of the recommendations being carried out after the Do Better report. He said the club can't be trusted to pursue genuine uh, reconciliation with it's past. Uh, some of the accusations levelled are an assistant coach showing porn in part of a team meeting, uh, comments made by uh, a former uh, executive uh, in Gary Pert um, that uh, offended the partners of players on, on a trip to Sydney. He's accused Nathan Buckley of being disingenuous uh, in his response to cultural issues and said that Buckley made him out to be the problem in an eight-hour mediation session. They're just some uh, of a few uh, things that have been pointed out uh, from Heredia's perspective uh, in the article uh, that Mick Warner wrote in the Herald Sun. Nathan Buckley had a chance to respond today uh, with uh, Gary on SEN Breakfast. I'm not going to I'm not going to be drawn into detail and I'm not going to say that Heritia is right or right here wrong here because that, that that is his perspective of the truth but there is there are other versions of the truth that are a long way away yeah, from heard, the way that he perceives it. I understand. And, I've heard those as well, which is hard for us to make a judgment well, on. But you're in mind. Mine is very different. Mine is very different from from what he presents. But the the context becomes important, and the only way I, I think the whole idea of the process is to have open dialogue, respectful dialogue, so that you can actually move forward in a positive way. It seems that Heritia doesn't really want to move forward unless there's, I don't know, whether, whether heads need to roll. I mean, I, I don't know exactly 
what he's looking for, what he's what he's end game. Well, not not an end game. It's what his requirements are to feel like he has been heard. Because that is really what we've tried to do: is sit and listen. An apology? Is it as but, simple as that? Well, he has been apologised too. I've oh. apologised to him. The club has apologised to for him. Um, for for the situations that he's for the environment that he has been in, and not just Heritia, but but the other Indigenous players that have come through, and and, and different other areas when we talk about misogyny, homophobia, yeah. et cetera, like those areas of the cultural aspects of, a, of an organisation. Football clubs have come a long way and we've continued to come a long way. We're talking about things that have happened 10 to 15 years ago now. And when you remove context and bring it into the current day, it sounds even more abhorrent than it would have been then. Nathan Buckley with Gary Lyon earlier on this morning uh, in the article, Lumumba insisted that Buckley knew about the nickname uh, Chimp, that uh, he has said that he was called in his time at the club. Uh, he also pointed out uh, in the article that uh, in the mediation that Buckley accused him of being too sensitive and that uh, he had uh, uh, that he had thrown Eddie Maguire under the bus after the uh, King Kong comments. Uh, Nathan and Gary spoke about what Heredia might need to be able to move past and, and through this. Yeah, not. I mean, clearly, I think the the, the big picture idea of of um, of being more um, culturally aware and and breaking this paradigm of systemic racism that has been present not just at Collingwood but throughout our society. I think that that's definitely front of mind. Um, uh, and I think that we feel like we're we're moving towards that. But uh, but as I, as I said, that would what came out today and and where Heriti has positioned himself with the club would be consistent with conversations that I've had with him along the way. That he he just cannot be would not be pacified, and and no no intervention seemed to be enough to to pacify him in the moment. And it seems to still be the case a decade down the track. Uh, well, I, I think we're dealing with it because you know, Heritia is not satisfied with the work um, or the, um, I suppose, the ownership of of different circumstances that he's that he's rec- he, that he feels he's been a part of. I, the the club have, from my understanding, the club have tried to to work with Heritia along with all of the other Indigenous players who've been a part of a systemic racism situation over the course of the club's history pretty much so the club is in the process of trying to unpack that and and make the steps to move forward um clearly i was you know at the club as a player and then as a coach um and i'm happy to to engage with the club however they wish um but h has been heritia has been out of step with that he hasn't been satisfied with that and that's why we're where we're at now i think so Nathan Buckley today in depth uh, with his response uh, to the accusations levelled in the article um, that Mick Warner wrote uh, with Reddy Lumumba in the Herald Sun. So it's an incredibly tricky situation. There's no winners really here at the moment. Two people that have very different views on a, on a shared experience and hopefully they can find a resolution that means that uh, people can move forward. Heredia has not lost to the game and he can find peace and all the people involved can because it is incredibly tricky stuff and it is not easy uh, to navigate. 
um, and we'll follow that one along. West Coast, a big story today. Uh, a statement's just come out uh, that uh, they have fined seven players who uh, headed off to a nightclub after an over 100-point loss a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Josh Rotham, Jackson Nelson, Jake Waterman, Campbell Chesser, uh, Brett Razzo, uh, sorry, Rhett Bazo, uh, Hugh Dixon, and Patrick Nash. $5,000 fines, all of... Uh, those had half of them suspended. West Coast said in normal circumstances, each player would have been suspended for a week, but because of the player availability issues, that wasn't a viable option. Uh, in response to that, the AFLPA uh, has said that while they empathise with the challenges that the current uh, challenges currently facing the WA-based teams, we do not support the rules prohibiting players from entering venues nor the sanctions imposed. Uh, this is from uh, Brett Murphy, who's the AFLPA General Manager of Player and Stakeholder Relations. He said over the past three seasons, AFL players have gone above and beyond to enable the competition to continue despite the challenges caused by the pandemic. Among other things, players have been required to relocate at short notice and on several occasions have lived by restrictions which would have gone beyond those imposed on other members of society. However... With the community now seeking to live with COVID-19, the industry has made the decision to move away from these rules and to allow players to live balanced lives. Uh, Trevor Nisbet, the CEO, said the club's current circumstances meant it was irresponsible and disrespectful for the players to go out. He said, after completing our investigation, we've decided to find each of the players who broke specific club and player guidelines. We will continue to educate our players and those who transgressed will now need to regain the trust and respect of their teammates as well as everyone else uh, at the club. This was Trevor Nisbet um, today um, on that issue with uh, SEN in WA speaking to uh, Gillian Goss. It was a, a real slap in the face, I think, for our our processes and our guidelines. But having said that, I mean, the guys haven't broken the law or anything, but I, I mean, from a, a club and team perspective, uh, I know the other players are really disappointed because they've been, uh, had to be extremely disciplined through a period and albeit we've, we've copped the worst of uh, COVID, but uh, it doesn't help if, uh, if guys are going to go outside guidelines and, and consequently uh, they'll, um, have to cop the consequences, but uh, we'll deal deal with that today, and it'll be finished, and we can move on. So after that, the ruling was handed down: five thousand dollars, half of which suspended to the seven players involved. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. How does that sit with you? Uh, it's a unique situation happening in the West at the moment. West Coast have gone through the worst; they've used forty three players this year. They're using players that aren't even full time footy players. Um, they're dragging them out of the waffle in the top-up list that they've got. Um, they are really doing it tough and, and really being put through the ringer. And to have the players go out in that manner and put themselves at risk, two of them then since had to go into COVID protocols from that night out, we're led to believe, it isn't a good look. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. You're saying the news of the day. Uh, Alex is in South Yarra. And when I can get this to work, here we go. Alex, hello to you. Hi. How are you? Good, mate. What have you got for me? Yeah. Well, I'm actually from Munich originally, below my accent. Um, and I was just wondering about how the memberships work in um, Australia. You've got Collingwood has, what, 80,000 members. Richmond say they've got, almost got 100,000 members. And they get like 64,000 people to a Saturday afternoon match. A little bit cold, but there's no school holidays, no Easter, to a 100,000-seat stadium. Um, Munich's a city of... 900,000 people, there's 350,000 um, members of FC Bayern Munich and every 
game, they get 85,000 people there. Where are all the Melbournians when the football is on? It's a great question. I think there's some that are still a little bit reticent to head back to the footy after what we've been through with COVID, Alex. I've been a bit disappointed with the crowd numbers myself. Um, not all those members are based in Melbourne. So you'll have teams like Collingwood, for example, have a ton of members in Queensland. They, they always get really big crowds up there. They've got members all around the country. So they're not all just based uh, in Melbourne. So they won't all be able to show up uh, on any given day because they're scattered around the countryside. But yeah, I thought that I thought we would have got 80,000 at the MCG on Saturday for, for Collingwood and Richmond. Um, but we got about 64,000, as you mentioned. So that's that's a lot lower than, than what I was expecting that crowd to be. And it's probably not one that I've been able to answer all through the year, Alex, to be honest, because I'm lucky enough to be in the position I am when I go to the footy now. By and large, it's to commentate the game. So um, I, I'm not the right person to ask. But what we might do, Alex, is throw that question out. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Why aren't you going back to the footy just yet? What stopped you on Saturday... It's a one. It was the one o'clock game. It was early Saturday, Arvo. It only rained a little bit. What stopped you? So you've got Collingwood and Richmond, two of out of the three most supported clubs in terms of memberships. What stopped you from going? It's a good question for Alex to ask. And Alex, I don't have the answer, but let's see if we can find out the answer. Appreciate the call. Uh, Michael's in Cheltenham. G'day, Michael. Okay, mate. Young. Yeah, good. Thanks. What have you got for me? I'm um, just wanted to speak about Patrick Christman over the weekend. I've been watching every game this year of Carlton, sort of Carlton supporter, and um, he's been totally dominant, mate, every game he's played in, and yep. there's no way he's got, you know, with the votes of the brand, though, he's definitely got best on ground every game I've watched him, except for maybe against Fremantle, he might get pinched for two votes. But he's definitely on top of the leaderboard for Brownlow, and I reckon he's a certain to lock it in, mate. Oh, I, I, oh, I think he's leading it at the moment as well. Lockie Neal would be up there. Um, no, he's definitely a favourite. It's uh, $2.70. And I'm not talking about the odds. I'm just talking about in terms of votes. So I'm with you. Yeah. I think he'd be leading at the moment. I think the competition around him would be probably uh, Clayton Oliver. I'd say Lockie Neal as well. Little smoky Ben Keyes' first five, six weeks are really good. Uh, would be around the top five. But I agree with you. Paddy Cripps, I mean, he's kicked 13 goals for the year, which is number one for um, for out-and-out midfielders, not your forward mids, not your hybrids. But he's kicked 13 goals for the year. I think he's 12th in disposals, 12th on inside 50s, 4th for contested possessions, equal 5th for centre clearances, equal 6th for score involvements. And that's been the part that I've been loving about his game this year, Michael. And I called the game on the weekend, and he, and he absolutely dominated it. But it's, it's, he's getting moving four to centre now, and his involvement in the scoring chain, I think, is the biggest improvement in his game. And he's not trying to do everything himself, but the burden he's being carried. George Hewitt's been a, a fantastic acquisition for Carlton because he's actually getting more centre clearances a game on average than Paddy Cripps is. But he, for the first time since he got there, so from his second year, I've made this point a few times, Paddy Cripps was number one at Carlton for centre clearances and contested possessions in his second year as a 19-year-old. He's been forced to carry a load that no one really, and, and all the help that they had around him at the time they ended up getting rid of, whether it be Bell or, or, or Robinson, they just seemed to let inside mids go, and he had to carry that load all on his own. And his body took a pounding from it, but he's got his body right. He's got support around him. Chera, Hewitt, Kennedy now stepped up to play a, a crucial role. Um, 
you know, Sam Walsh has come on as the player that they'd hoped he'd be, and he is just at the top of his game. He knows his game. He knows exactly what he can and can't do. And, and I was always really excited to see what Michael Voss, the impact that Vossi would have. I mentioned that before the season started. Um, I couldn't wait to see the impact that Michael Voss has had on Paddy Cripps. And I reckon he's taking on a few little Michael Voss traits. I saw him get in the face of a couple of players after he'd set up a goal that was very similar to Vossi, ironically, against Scotty Burns in the 0-2 uh, flag. Um, ironic that Scotty Burns was actually in the Adelaide coaches box. So, Michael, I think you're all over it. Uh, I think Paddy Cripps would be uh, leading, would be clubhouse leader at the moment for the Brownlow medal. Uh, Dan's in Bo Morris. G'day, Dan. Yeah, g'day, Sam. Well, just want to have a touch base on West Coast Eagles. I was listening earlier this morning to um, David King uh, talking about the West Coast Eagles. Now, he was also a 1996-1999 Premiership player with Adam Simpson, and he used a strong word. He, he turned around and said, maybe it's time for a divorce uh, in relation to Adam Simpson, the West Coast Eagles, and the seven players. And my question really is, and my point of view is, what's the opportunity or the odds that Adam Simpson could quite possibly be coaching North Melbourne before round 23 this year? Oh, Dan. Um, oh, look, I think unlikely. I think they believe they have their man, North Melbourne, in, in Dave Noble. It's only his second year, and I wouldn't do a Carlton and just keep getting rid of coaches two years in. No offence, Blues fans, but that's what's been happening. You average a coach every two years over the last sort of 10 or 12 years. Uh, so I wouldn't be being that hasty if I was North Melbourne. I think they'll get to the end of the year and have a good hard look at it. I don't think they'd make any move during the year because the last thing North Melbourne needs is uncertainty and, and, and chaos. They just have to settle. They have to give this a chance to work. There's issues, we know. As for Adam Simpson, I think he's been a great coach. I think that what the seven players have done show a clear lack of respect for him. And it's we all thought that when they got that win against North Melbourne, um, or not against North Melbourne, they got that win against Collingwood, that it was the fact that they had these young guys who had, had bought in and were doing all they can to impress Adam Simpson. But it would appear that maybe it's some young players who have got ahead of themselves uh, and not really understanding the situation that the club is in because it's in dire straits with what they've had to go through, 43 players used. Um, yeah, I, I I can't see them making that call at the end of the year. And I'll come back and play you what Trevor Nisbet had to say about Adam Simpson. But Trevor Nisbet backed Adam Simpson all the way today, all the way. Clearly, there are some players who have lost a bit of respect for Adam Simpson because it is a slap in the face to him. I, I totally believe that. And he's got every right to feel let down and, and betrayed by those players. I'm all for players being able to go and enjoy themselves, but but read the room. Get a sense of what's going on for your club. Uh, it was the worst possible decision that they could have made. Understand it's tough for them, but that just really was poor, in my view. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Back on the other side of this, continue to take your calls on the Maccas run. The Maccas run with Sam Hargraves. The Maccas, juicy Angus beef and the lot. Dine in and try the Aussie Angus at Maccas today. There's no chance that Adam won't be coaching the football club going forward. We have complete faith in our, our system, what we've been doing. We're trying very, very hard. That was Trevor Nisbet, CEO of the West Coast Eagles, uh, on SEN in WA earlier today, fully backing in Adam Simpson. 
the MRO findings have not come through yet for the person texting in on the temper text. Temper mattress like no other. My Macca's Rewards has arrived. Earn rewards with every Macca's run. Let's rip through a couple of calls before uh, Mark Duffield's going to join us uh, from uh, the West Australian and uh, just give us the latest on the situation over there. Uh, Luke's in Geelong. Crowd numbers, Luke? Yeah, mate. How you going? Yeah, good. Yeah, I I'm, I'm, live in Geelong, obviously. I'm a Mad Carlton supporter. I don't go to the games for a couple of reasons. One, I don't understand having... Like I'm a Carlton member as well. I don't understand how to get my general admin ticket. So, and I haven't really looked into it, to be honest. Uh, public transport still very much plays a part of me. And even though I'm a Carlton member and I get free general admin tickets, it's still 50, 60 bucks. By the time I get a meat pie, something eating a couple of beers, it's not a cheap day out. So, half times mm. it's cheaper to sit back at home and watch them on the telly. Yeah, it's a, it's a growing concern, uh, Luke, and I appreciate you sharing your view on it. Uh, it does need to be looked at and, and reconciled the cost of going to the footy. Jackson Williamstown wants to talk uh, MRO. Uh, good evening. Thanks for taking my call. No worries. First time caller, long time listener. Uh, Look, good work, I, I Jack. Just, I'm thinking about the tribunal. I thought last year they were going to overhaul the tribunal and Brad Scott's in charge of the umpire. Surely they've got to have a look at his MRO. It's a disgrace. I mean, I'll tell you up front, I'm a common supporter. Maynard got two weeks early in the year for attempting to spoil the ball and hit the guy on the head accidentally. But this Richmond player, I don't know what his name was, he actually dived onto his head with his elbow and gets a week. Yeah, I thought he got him twice, Mansell. I didn't like the look of that. Um, and I'm not going to personally attack Mansell. But I, well, I, I, would have thought that, I would have thought that that one should have been appealed. I, th- I think it, he did it twice. So to get one week, so was it half a week? For, for each, or yeah, I, I thought it was two two separate acts, and and both should have been uh, graded uh, and and a finding made for both of them. I thought one week was light on Jack. I agree with you uh, and appreciate the call, uh, Aiden and Campbell. We'll get to you in just a, a moment, uh, Paul. Quickly as we get to the break, uh, Paul, you wanted to have your say about Heredi Lumumba. Uh, hi Sam, how are you? Good, thank you. That's good. Um, I it's. Going on a little bit, it's a, I just went through Warrigal Road and Batesford Road. There's a camera there, and it's 40 kilometres. And um, you could argue, one could argue, is it revenue raising? One could argue, is it road safety? I think this La Bomba thing is uh, what you tried to explain a little bit earlier. It's about, about the same. I mean, everyone's got their opinions on it, but... You know, it's... Hey, we're going to crash into the break. Uh, totally unintentional, Paul. I can't move this break, so we'll come back on the other side. Uh, apologies, mate. Just hang on there. The Maccas Run with Sam Hargraves. The Maccas, juicy Angus beef and the lot. Dine in and try the Aussie Angus at Maccas today. The My Maccas Rewards has arrived. Earn rewards with every Maccas Run. Order via the My Maccas app and start earning today. Harcourt's open line. You'll move your Harcourts. one 736 Mark Duffield to join me in just a moment from uh, the West Australian. He's a senior footy rider there after the seven West Coast Eagles players that went out uh, on the tiles after the 109-point shellacking handed out to them by Richmond. $5,000 fine. Half of that's been suspended. Some injury news. Dan McStay, three to four weeks with that ligament uh, damage to the ankle. Will they bring Hitwood back in, him returning from a knee? I don't know if they'd rush him. Danaher still five weeks away with that shoulder. Cody Waitman will miss two with a collarbone. Hamstring for Vandermeer means he could miss uh, even a couple of months and a calf for O'Brien. Apparently, Asava Radigalia suffered a fresh setback and is going to miss four to six weeks. Another ankle injury currently undergoing surgery. Sam Edmund reporting 
that. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Paul in Camberwell, we got cut off before, Paul, and, and I thought I'd get you to finish your point. Yeah, um, so when we were talking about um, um, uh, La Bomba, I, I think there um, everyone, sorry, sorry about that. Um, I thought everyone was... Um, everyone's entitled to their opinion on this subject. And it reminded me of going through a 40K camera on the corner of Warrigal Road and Batesford Road. Is that road safety or is that uh, revenue raising? This problem doesn't seem to go away. It keeps raising its head. And... Um, and I think it's a bit, little bit like I referred it or compared it to a traffic camera, uh, where clearly it's uh, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Um, is is it you know like everyone's entitled to their opinion? And and, and these the fact is it's it's not going away. It keeps coming up and keeps coming up. And is it road safety? Is it um, revenue? And is uh, Labumba is he entitled to? Continue with his um, uh, whatever he believes, and and also the Collingwood football keep having to defend themselves. It's it's same same, but it's not going away. No, not not for the time being, Paul. I'm not sure I quite get the analogy about revenue raising, um, or, or or is it for safety or revenue raising? But um, you're right; it isn't going away for the time being, and there seems to be, and it feels like there's a lot uh, to play out. But I do appreciate you ringing uh, to give us your view on it. Uh, Aiden and Campbell have been waiting patiently from Glen Iris. Hello, boys. Yes, hello. Oh, we would love to talk about. Uh, there should be more Thursday night games at, and who should be playing them? Well, I couldn't agree more that there should be more Thursday night games, uh, so I'm 100% on board with you there. Who should be playing in them, though? Uh, Wisdom, uh, Dockers. Like maybe uh, Melbourne Dockers. Um, yeah, yeah, like the top four. Yeah. Well, boys, I think you make a lot of sense, and I greatly appreciate you ringing in. And we were told that that was the whole point of the floating fixture, that that, that the marquee games would go to the best-performed teams. Although, in the recent um, fixture that came out, I think Essendon got three marquee slots, despite the fact that they'd had one win for the year. Melbourne have only played, at the moment, I think one Thursday and one Friday for the season, yet they're the reigning premiers. So you listen. I don't know what you what you two boys uh, want to do in your future, but I do know that the the, the head of fixturing position is up for grabs because um, the, the the bloke currently in at the moment, Marcus uh, King, is heading to Geelong. So boys, get your resume in. You make a lot of sense, and and I reckon that the AFL would do well to have you on board uh, as an in an advisory capacity. I love your work, uh, James in Melbourne. Before we get to Mark Duffield, good day, James. Yeah, g'day. Thanks for taking the call. Yeah, my dad's a, just want to talk about the crowd crowd numbers. Um, yeah, amazes me. I'm, my dad's a double Collingwood member, so I go with him occasionally. But um, I was always wondered why they just don't open the gates at uh, quarter time and any other unallocated seats. Just they let people in for free and just fill up the stadium every match. It'd be awesome. I reckon they might. They used to do three quarter time. I reckon they used to do that. Just at that point, they'd throw the gates open, and if you wanted to come on in for the last quarter, people would. Um, yeah, it's an interesting point you make, James. Um, it's, yeah, 
it's still an. That's I'm still not them. quite sure um, why the crowds are down in the manner they are. People are telling us that the cost is just too prohibitive, and we know people have done it tough through COVID. So I absolutely take that on board. But I was convinced that we'd get eighty thousand on Saturday, Arvo. Traditional team, traditional rivals, marquee time slot, uh, and we were. 16,000 short, roughly, of uh, where I thought we'd get. And I was stunned by that. The weather wasn't that bad. It was a little chilly and there was a little bit of drizzle that that came. Anyway, hopefully we can just continue to get people back to the footy. But we need to listen to why people aren't going at this stage. Hey, uh, Mark Duffield uh, has been very good uh, to jump on the line with us, uh, the senior footy rider for the Western Australian. There's a bit happening out west. Seven players today, $5,000 fines, half of those suspended. Mark, always great to chat to you, mate. Thanks for your time. Sam, good to talk to you. So what are we to make of this? I mean, it's been an incredibly tough year for, for West Coast. That's the understatement. Over the year, they've used 43 players, seven players who I would say are probably not fully established in their careers yet, have all just dismissed the wishes of the club and the rules that have been in place and headed out for a night on the tiles after 109 points shellacking. What should we read into this, Mark, if anything? Look, it's an interesting one. I think probably some of them thought they were okay to go because, well, Campbell Chess is a young draftee from Melbourne is actually on the inactive list. So yeah. probably if anyone's going to have a, a case to argue against their fine, it's probably Campbell Chesser. A few of the others, I think, were... Uh, the, the best way I can describe it is dumb and thoughtless. Um, in normal circumstances, there wouldn't be any issue with what they did in the situation that the club is in and probably in the situation that the WA community is in at the moment where what you guys were dealing with five or six months ago we're dealing with now and so therefore if you're going to go to places like that it's not a matter of if you get the virus it's a matter of when um so for the any one of them that hadn't had the virus you know they're just elevating their chances of catching it the club was i think the best word to say was spewing um about it and um adam simpson in particular obviously he's had a very tough year people are starting to you know question whether he should see through his contract um, so to be put in that situation where he has to go to Brisbane to play the second best team in the competition with 20 fit players, um, he was uh, he was not happy, and he didn't have to go because he caught it as well. So it was um, uh, every time West Coast sees light at the end of the tunnel this year, it's just another oncoming train. Unfortunately, it's a fair slap in the face to Adam Simpson uh, as well. I, I would have thought, Mark, and what for the for the fan base over there, how are they viewing? This because clearly the club are furious and rightly so. Trevor Nisbet has said today it's a slap in the face, and um, Adam Simpson has uh, vented his disappointment. But what are the fan base making of it? There, there's often split um, in these issues with West Coast fans because West Coast fans, uh, given the club's record over you know twenty odd thirty years, is they're, they're one of the more entitled fan bases in the <laughs> AFL you know they, they kind of think you know rock up play finals you know win a flag every seven or eight years that's sort of how they view the AFL um, so there's there's people who think that it's just completely unacceptable the way they're playing and therefore this behavior is even more unacceptable there's other people who you know they could do whatever they like and basically they would still support them there's the the Eagles probably have 60 percent of the market in Perth um, so they have very strong support, and a lot of a lot of that is blind support. I'm, I remember when we were writing stories about the the off field shenanigans of that player group, you know, going back in the the mid noughties um, sort of oh five oh six around there oh seven. 
um, we were we were getting absolutely smashed by about seventy five percent of the correspondence coming in because people just thought, you know, these are the Eagles, this is our team. You, you're not allowed to do that. Mm. You know, you're not allowed to question them. So there's a lot of people who think, oh, you know, give them a break. They're just trying to be normal young men. Um, there's a lot of people saying, well, this is more evidence that the club's off the rails. So it's a bit of a there's a bit of a schism there. Um, I think, to me, I'm a great believer that you're a good team with a strong culture when you've got enough good players. And once you run out of good players and everything falls apart, and I think that's what's happened with West Coast. I think their good players have gotten old. They're not durable anymore. They're not putting enough good players on the park who've had good preparations every week, and therefore they're getting hammered. And they're getting hammered in ways that fans find hard to watch because they can't two-way run with the, the best and quickest teams in the competition. So they're not just getting beaten, they're getting carved up. Um, and certainly that's been the, the, the pattern over the last three or four weeks. And I suspect that's going to be the pattern for some time. So I think it's going to be a hard watch for Eagles fans. And it's just going to be a matter of, in the past, what West Coast would have done here is just stuck fat with the, the coach, stuck fat with everybody, gone to the draft, drafted hard for a couple of years, and then seen the progress turn the corner. You know, they won a wooden spoon under John Worsfold in 2010. Um, stuck with him and they were in a preliminary final in 2011. Um, that's been their pattern in the past, um, but certainly there is a lot of noise at the moment. So it's going to be a real test of nerve, I think, for uh, CEO Trevor Nisbet and for his board. Mark Duffield's a senior footy writer with the West Australian. Um, Mark, I, I think a lot of us here don't quite understand exactly what you're talking about, just the reverence in which the Eagles are held. I, I worked for a number of years with Simon Black, who obviously uh, grew up there, and he said, you've got no idea. He said, it's like the Beatles. He said, oh, I've seen uh, nobody gets... He goes, the airport used to be filled with people when they'd arrive back. He said, they are, they are the kings of the city. It, it's, not, it's not like anything else. It does, it, it's different to every other city around Australia, that the way the Eagles um, are held in the eyes and the hearts of, of the people of, of Perth. Um, in terms of Adam Simpson, David King was pontificating with Jared Waitley today about, well, if he has lost the players and maybe, maybe it, it is, you know, the divorce is coming. Is that your, is that your feeling? Is, is there an issue there with Adam Simpson and, and the playing group? I would think if Adam Simpson were to go, and I, I still don't expect him to go, I, I would expect, I'm not sure that Adam Simpson gets to finish this rebuild and that's what it is. I mean, they keep on not wanting to use the word rebuild, but it's a rebuild mm. and, um, and and a big one at that as well. So I, I think Adam Simpson has the right to start this rebuild. The question is, um, is the progress going to be quick enough in this for him to finish the rebuild? And I think that's where the real doubt occurs. The only way I think it's happening sooner than that, um, the club parting ways with Adam. And Adam is contracted till the end of 2024. So, mm. um, And Trevor Nisbet went into bat for him really strongly today uh, on SENWA. He, he was unequivocal. And now we've heard, yeah. hey, we, ha- we, hey, we have heard before that when you start hearing full support of the board, you know you're in trouble. But it didn't have that ring to it. It, it had very much like, no, no, this is our guy and we don't want him going anywhere. Yeah, I, I think Trevor Trevor's view is that um, the coaches coach, the players play, the administrators administrate. And he doesn't like it. He doesn't like the tail wagging the dog too much. Um, you know, the players have got to turn up and play. Um, so, you know, you start looking at the coach if you feel like he's lost the players. Um, it's it's got to get pretty dire till it gets to that stage of West Coast while Trevor is with us, the CEO, I think. So I don't view that happening this year. But having said that, if if we have the same conversation 12 months further down the track, we may be having a completely different conversation because, as we know, 
the support for a coach is kind of like, you know, how long do clubs support coaches? Well, how long is a piece of string? They do until they don't. And uh, um, I believe West Coast will, will stick fat with Adam, um, certainly for this year. And I believe he'll get to start next year and they'll try and do some things differently. I'll tell you one thing I think they will do. I think they'll use this as an opportunity for a bit of a reset at the club. And I think while they didn't like some of the things that Kane Corns has said, um, and he's been quite outspoken, I think there's an element of truth in a lot of what Kane Corns has said. But the standards have slipped. Um, you know, a lot of players were making their own arrangements around pre-season because there was great trust in them because they'd won a premiership. And, and when they won that premiership, the players had very much driven the standards and the culture. So there was a lot of trust in those senior players. Mm. Um, so I think there was a strong element of that, and that's been allowed to drift a little bit to the point where I think some of, even some of their senior players are thinking, we're a fair way off the mark. They're looking around the place. They're looking at how fit other teams are. Um, I think they looked out the window last September when uh, Melbourne and the Bulldogs were training, getting ready for the grand final, and, and, and they sort of went, gee, these blokes train a fair bit harder than we do. Um, and I think one of the reasons for the injuries uh, that they suffered over summer is that there was a bit of a pendulum effect. They went, we have to go harder and be more physical at training, and they, and they pushed it a bit too much, and they got injuries. And really, when you break it down, guys, like everyone's talking about COVID ruining the Eagles' seasons, it, it's injuries. Um, I've seen clubs with as many injuries as West Coast had in March. I just haven't seen clubs with that many injuries before round one. And uh, it was an epidemic, and they were key players as well. You know, we haven't seen Oscar Allen yet. Um, Luke Shuey had a seven-week hold in his pre-season. Uh, Jack Darling, obviously, because of the uh, vaccination medicines, you know, had a seven-week hold in his pre-season, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. It was just important experienced player after important experienced player, either absent... Um, because in Jack's case of uh, uh, vaccination uncertainty or in other players' cases because they were just injured. Uh, and then the COVID hit on top of that. And um, so uh, that's the problem for them. And that's why I feel they'll treat some of this as a bit of anomaly and they'll go through another summer and see how they're placed this time next year. If they're placed like this this time next year, then I reckon we're having a different conversation. It's an incredible fall from grace, though, Mark, isn't it? When you think of that that unlikely premiership in 2018, when you know no Gaff and no Nat Nui, which you you, you would have thought, no, no, they they can't win, and there was a I think there was a couple more missing as well. They can't they can't win without them, and they do, and then they get those guys back, and then they just make finals. I think it was a fifth year after, and then they just clung. Uh, they just hung on in 2020 and Collingwood then went over and beat them over there and no one gave Collingwood a chance and it was a thriller of a game. But it, it's been a really sharp fall and I don't think anyone could have seen it coming from outside. Could you see signs of it happening? Uh, look, so that's a really good question because I, I think the 2018 flag is one of the great flags. Because one, they weren't beaten in Victoria that year. No. no. There's not many clubs can say they've gone through, non-Victorian clubs that is, can say that we've gone through unconquered in Victoria in, in 2018. Now, they didn't play there that often, but no one beat them. Um, and then in 2019, there's a game in 2019, I reckon, which maybe has a story to tell about what's happened with West Coast. So the Eagles in round 22 go to Melbourne to play Richmond. And at that stage, West Coast and Richmond were considered, I reckon, almost the two teams. Mm. You know, Collingwood was there or thereabouts, but maybe you know one out and one back from them. Um, so you've got the 2017 Premiers and the 2018 Premiers going head-to-head at the MCG. Oh, I remember West this Coast game. To to, West, Coast, West Coast are seven goals to three up 
at a quarter time. Yes. The rains came, and, and remember how well Richmond play in the rain, this, that surge mentality, get the ball forward. They ran them down. They ha- held on to win by a goal. So that kind of put the home qualifying final out of reach for West Coast. But all they had to do was beat Hawthorne the next week at home in round 23, and they were going to be playing in a qualifying final. And Hawthorne didn't just beat them, and Hawthorne went nowhere in 2019. You know, they weren't playing finals. It was the beginning of the end for Alistair Clarkson. Um, they were just putting along, you know, not doing much to anybody. Hawthorne didn't just beat them. They beat them easy. Yep. And, um, and that game, I still look back on that game, and I ask myself the question, how did that happen? You know, how did, how did a team with so much to play for get beaten at its own home fortress by a team with nothing to play for? And I still don't know the answer to that. And maybe there's a point to something that's gone amiss with this playing group, you know, a lack of resilience, a lack of stickability or something that started to rear its head then. Because come 2020, with Tim Kelly on board, they were the first team that it got too hard for in the hub, and they played poorly there. Um, they actually came home pretty strongly that year, but they yep. ended up too far back um, to get to, get to the top four. And then it's just been on the slide ever since then. Yeah, it's an incredible uh, fall, as we mentioned, and it's a... It, it, extraordinarily tough year that they're going through and this just only makes uh, things worse hey Mark next time we'll actually spend some time on the Dockers because I think we should but I'm, I'm running out of it now um, and news today that Heath Chapman just a little bit more salt into the wound as they're flying um, second on the ladder Heath Chapman uh, is the NAB Rising Star winner so we'll have to talk about that a bit more next time we, we chat to you mate before you let me go, Matt, I will say this about Heath Chapman. No young player has had to do more to get a Rising Star nomination than Heath Chapman. He's been close to best on ground about three times this year, and he's finally got one, so thank goodness for that. Absolutely. We will give them their flowers, as Tim Watson says, next time we speak. Uh, but until then, thanks so much, Mark. Really appreciate your time. Good on you, mate. Cheers. Uh, Mark Duffield, Chief Footy Rider of the West Australian, shedding some light on the situation over in the West with the West Coast Eagles. MRO News is to hand. I will reveal all after this on the Maccas Run. The Maccas Run with Sam Hargraves. The Maccas, juicy Angus beef and the lot. Dine in and try the Aussie Angus at Maccas today. I can't believe this is even an issue. It was a fair tackle. There is nothing in it. Move on. It is not a talking point. Um, the game is stuffed if he gets reported for that. He won't. It, it, it won't even be mentioned in the MRO's report. Well, he was half right, was the Volcano. Welcome back to the Macca's Run. Earn rewards with every Macca's Run. Order via the My Macca's app and start earning today. So no case to answer for Paddy Cripps. The MRO news just keeps coming later and later, doesn't it? What are we, 6.50 that that's landed? 6.41 that landed in the email box. So... The Paddy Cripps tackle on Lockie Murphy, which didn't even raise an eyebrow for us calling the game on Sunday at Marvel, uh, it was assessed. Murphy gains possession of the ball in the centre square where he's met by Cripps, uh, who lays a tackle. It was the view of the match review officer that Cripps' actions did not constitute a reportable offence. No action was taken. think that's the right call. There's no second motion. There's no dangerous action within the tackle. Um, yeah, Murphy just landed on his back uh, in the tackle. It was pretty uh, straight up and down, bread and butter stuff. So no case to answer for Paddy Cripps. It was mentioned in the report, though, as it was assessed. The other finding is for Zach Jones. Now, interesting from this one, after last week, Nick Larkey tunnelling. No case to answer for the tunnelling of Langdon, who took the mark, but he has been charged with striking Clayton Oliver. He, there was a forearm to the chest when Oliver came in, and Oliver sold it brilliantly. <laughs> so, look and again another grassy knoll shooter uh, it looked like it had taken him out um, 
but he was charged. Uh, it was during the uh, the fourth quarter. A, a two thousand dollars sanction with an early plea, based on the evidence. The incident was assessed as intentional conduct, low impact, and body contact. The incident was classified as a three thousand dollars sanction as a first offence, but two thousand dollars with an early guilty plea. You can have your say on that. Uh, as the sporting capital continues on the other side of this Monday night, so it's heroes and villains back in its uh, usual time slot of seven pm. On a Monday night, and Michael Barlow is going to give us some heroes and villains at 7.30 and just give us his view on a couple of the big issues coming out of round eight. As always, it's just no fun without you. So start getting your heroes and villains ready. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 as the Sporting Capital is up next on SEN. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.